As your glory fills this place, you alone deserve our praise. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God alone deserves our praise. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Grace, you want to come on down? We're going to take up an offering. Amen. Come on down. All right, we have a birthday to sing to Caleb. His birthday is tomorrow. It's too bad he still has to work on his birthday. So, Caleb, come on down. Come on down. Come on. We're going to make a spectacle out of his birthday. Amen. We should the praises celebrate the birth of Caleb. We're going to anoint him with oil. And we're going to pray for him. Amen. And then we're going to sing him happy birthday. And then he has to do 10 jumping jacks. <laughs> Ready? We're going to pray for him. Lay hands on him. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you and we just praise you for Caleb. We thank you, Lord God, that your hands are upon him, that you will bless him. Lord, I remember of Caleb in the Bible, Lord Jesus. Joshua and Caleb, the two witnesses that went out, the two of your chief men that went out and, and searched over the promised land. And they are the only two that brought back a good report. And it said with them, that Caleb and Joshua were the only two that were able to enter into the promised land, Lord God, because of it. And because of it, Lord God, it says in the word that they died with all their strength, Lord God. And I just, I just believe this over Caleb. I believe, Father God, that you are going to bless him abundantly. Let you, Lord God, that your favor will be upon him, Lord God. And that, Lord God, as long as he looks to you, Lord God the author of his life, who has everything that he, he has his, for his future written down already and prepared for him. Lord God, I pray that he would stay faithful to you always, Lord God, because you will always be faithful to him, just like you are always faithful to your people and your children. And we just pray this blessing over Caleb, Lord God, in Jesus' name, and we're all going to sing, Happy Birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Caleb. Happy birthday to you. More. All right. Good job, Grace. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. So, Father, on that, Lord God, we just thank you and we just praise you, Lord, for what you're doing in our little body of believers here. Lord God, where your spirit is here, because two or more are gathered, Lord God, and your presence is always with us wherever we go. We are just thankful, Lord God, that, Lord, that you have 
poured out such blessings upon us. And we're just thankful that we can give back into your kingdom where rust and moth will not devour, Lord God, where you have great plans for this place and great plans for our families. And I believe, Lord God, that your word says that when we give into you cheerfully and joyfully, that, Lord God, that you pour out a blessing upon us that we cannot contain, a blessing of overflowing, Lord God, in all things that we do, in all the works of our hands, and, and Lord God, and that you would prosper us wherever we go, that we are a prosperous people because of you and because of your blessings. And we just believe that in Jesus' name. Amen? All right. Praise the Lord. Well, today is more of a prophetic update. My message is more of a prophetic update for you. If you have not heard, but the red heifer has come home. Huh? 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 Everybody's like, what? What? The red heifer? The red heifers have come home. Holy cow! Literally, they're holy cows, blessed by God. They're pure red heifers. And if you don't understand this, what I'm saying is that the red heifers are absolutely essential and needed. There you go. The red heifer update. That's pretty good, Joe. But they are totally essentially needed for the rebuilding of the third temple. You cannot rebuild the third temple unless you have a red heifer. And do you want to know why? Because the Jewish people still believe in sacrifices. Right? And in order to dedicate the temple, they have to have a pure red heifer. And you might not think that that's a big deal, but it is a huge deal. Huge! The red heifer, think about this, has to be pure. No other color hair on its body. And this, just, this is just confirmation of the times that we are living in. Think about this. The Jewish people, the Jewish rabbis, they have been searching for these red heifers for 1900 centuries. Think about that. There has not been a red heifer in over 1900 centuries. Why is that? It's got to be because of God's timing, if you think about it. It's God's timing. For 1900 years, there has not been a pure red heifer. Almost 2,000 years now, 1900 centuries. Since, since the devastation, the destruction of the temple in Israel at 70 A.D. Think about that. 70 A.D. is when the temple was destroyed by Rome. And on 70 A.D., the Jewish people were scattered all across the world. Scattered all across the world. They did not have a nation anymore to live in. It was taken over and occupied by Rome. They took it. For 1,900 years, the Jewish people, the Israelites, were all over the world. <clears throat> Isn't that amazing? This week in Jerusalem received 
five red heifers. Five of them from a farm in Texas that actually had like 13 or 17 of them. But five of them, five of the red heifers met the criteria of the Sanhedrin, the, what I can't even say it, kinetic, kinetic, whatever. But the rabbis, they, they passed their inspection of these five heifers. And what's going on, what they're saying now in the Jewish community is that prophecy is being fulfilled. The end times is close, is nearer. Because of these five red heifers that signal the rebuilding of the third temple. And the red heifer, you can't rebuild the temple until you have the heifer to dedicate the temple. They have to have the, the red heifer for the purification of it. The Jewish believe that this event is part of the process that would mark the coming of the Messiah and the final judgment, the coming of Yeshua. And for us Christians, the red heifer is significant because it's the completion, it's, it's the it's what's needed to complete the third temple being built. It's the heralding in of the second coming of Jesus Christ. You know, the Jewish people believe that the Messiah is coming. They don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah 2,000 years ago. They still are trying to follow the letter of the law. Right? The Jewish people is what killed all of our apostles that... We talked about this morning. It was the religious leaders of that day that, that persecuted, between them and Rome, they persecuted the apostles of Christ because they could not believe in a new covenant. They couldn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah because they were looking for a king to come that would deliver them from this Roman oppression. They were looking for a warrior. Well, they got a warrior in the form of a baby who went to the cross and died for us. And they didn't realize that that's more of a warrior than a mighty king. Amen? You know, people say you don't need the temple, that the body of Christ is the temple. Well, the body of Christ for believers is the temple. We are the temple. But you need a temple to worship in. Even God said about Jerusalem that he will have his temple where his feet will walk. Where his feet, David sang psalms of, of the coming king, of the holy place where Jerusalem is the holy place for God's temple. <clears throat> it amazed me when I thought about this that the Jewish rabbis have been looking and searching. Think about it. Ever since the temple was destroyed, they have been searching and looking to rebuild the temple. But they couldn't do it because they didn't have a pure red heifer. 
Now they have five. <clears throat> Prophecy is, like I said last week, ever since 1948, the birth of Israel that happened in one day that was actually prophesied, and I'm going to read it to you. But we are celebrating the 70th anniversary of that prophecy. prophecy, The 70th anniversary. And for this red heifers to come to Jerusalem on the 70th anniversary of that prophecy is huge. Daniel talks about 70 years. You know, that alone is, is prophetic. Before... 1948, Israel had no nation. Had none. Like I said, they were spread out throughout the globe, all over the world. It says that in the end times that the Israelites will return back to Jerusalem. Well, ever since the birth of uh, Israel in 1948, the Jewish people have been coming back. And I can remember not too long ago that there was a huge thing that they were talking about how the Jewish Ethiopians, the Ethiopian Jewish people were coming back to their homeland, how they were being coming back from the north, from Russia, how everybody, all the Jewish people were returning to Israel. And that was prophesied. Isaiah chapter 66 verse 8 said this. Now I want you to put this into perspective. Think about this. Isaiah was a prophet to Israel. Major prophet, right, in the Bible, Isaiah is. He prophesied this event about what happened to Israel in 1948. Now, I want you to really think about this. 681 to 720 years before Christ was even born. So almost 3,000 years ago, the prophet Isaiah said this about Israel. And this is God speaking through Isaiah. This is God speaking. This is what God is saying. Who has ever heard of such a thing? Who has ever seen such a thing? <clears throat> Can a country be born in a day? Or a nation be brought forth in a moment. Yet no sooner is Zion in labor than she gives birth to her children. That was prophesied, the birth of Israel, that took place in 1948, almost 3,000 years before. That's amazing. This is why this book right here, right now, is so important to us. There is prophecies in this book. There is no other book like it that have been fulfilled to the T, to the letter, to the days. And that's why now, more than ever, we need to be reading about this book and, and understanding it. And when we read the Bible, we need to pray that God would open our eyes, open our ears, and open our hearts to receive all that he has for it, that the, he would give us a revelation of his word. <clears throat> it's so important. Don't just open the Bible and just start reading, but pray about it first. Pray before you read. 
Because every time you read the Bible, God will open your eyes to the scriptures. It's anointed. It's, it's anointed by God. It's God's word. It's, it's holy. It's anointed. It's alive. The word is alive. But Isaiah prophesied about this. 740 to 681 B.C. when he wrote those letters, wrote those words. about And, and really, you should read all of Isaiah 66 because it's just amazing of what God is saying. You know, who, who I, this is who I am. I can bring forth a nation in a day. I can do the things that are impossible. And have you ever seen such things? Because with God, with us and our carnal minds, we have to see it to believe it, right? For one, which that's not faith. Faith is seeing without faith is believing without seeing, right? But we put limitations on God because of what our comprehension. But God's ways, remember this always, are higher than always. Whenever you think you got things under control, or you think things are crazy and you don't know, understand what's going on in the world right now, just remember God has a plan. And if you stay with God, he'll keep you covered. Amen? His, he'll work his plan out. We might not understand how he does it or how, we, how he gets there, but if you read the word, you're going to end up in a good place with God always. Amen? So, <clears throat> Who has ever heard of such a thing? Can a country be born in a day or a nation be brought forth in a moment? And God did exactly that in 1948. And now once he did that, the people started flocking, especially in the last 10 years to Jerusalem, because they know the times are getting closer. And you know the cry to the people, the Israelites, the cry of their heart is to build the third temple. Build the third temple. They're there because they want to build the third temple. They want to see prophecy fulfilled in their days. And you have to have the third temple in the end days. It has to be there. <clears throat> in Ezekiel, Ezekiel talks about the, the people coming to Jerusalem. In Ezekiel 37, 15 through 28. <clears throat> and then, you know, you need to also read about Ezekiel, this chapter, because Ezekiel talks about the dry bones coming to life. Well, the whole tribe of Israel was dry bones scattered throughout the world. And now that the nation was born in a day, it's coming back to life, just like Ezekiel prophesied, that these dry bones to come to life. He said, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, take a stick of wood and write on it. Belonging to Judah, thank you, hon. And the Israelites associated with him. Then take another stick of wood and write on Ephraim's stick. Ephraim, Ephraim's stick. Belonging to Joseph and all the house of Israel associated with him. Join them into one stick so that they will become one in your hand. When your countrymen ask you, won't you tell us what you mean by this? Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I am going to take the stick of Joseph, which is in Ephraim's hand, 
and of the Israelites' tribe associated with him, and join it to Judah's stick, making them a single stick of wood. And they will become one in my hand. Hold before their eyes the stick you have written on, and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says. I will take the Israelites out of the nations where they have gone. Now think about this. This was before the temple was destroyed. This prophecy was before Christ's birth. Yeah. But God knew what was going to happen to the Israelites because he is the author and perfecter of our lives and of nations. Especially over Israel, God's people. I will take the Israelites out of the nations where they have gone. I will gather them all around and bring them back to their own land. I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel. There will be one king over them. And they will never again be two nations or be divided into two kingdoms. They will no longer defile themselves with their idols and vile images or with any of their offenses. For I will save them from all their sinful backsliding and I will cleanse them and they will be my people and I will be their God. My servant David will be king over them and they will always have one shepherd. They will follow my laws and be careful to keep my decrees. They will live in the land I gave to my servant Jacob, the land where your fathers lived. They and their children and their children's children will live there forever, and David, my servant, will be their prince. Amen? He said, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It will be an everlasting covenant. I will establish them and increase their numbers, and I will put my sanctuary. Wait a minute. My sanctuary, the temple, among them forever. My dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Then the nations will know that I, the Lord, make Israel holy when my sanctuary is among them forever. Amen? God, this is going to happen, church. The third temple is going to be rebuilt. And it is going to be there forever. <clears throat> Jesus, when he walked on this earth, prayed, thy kingdom come. He taught us to pray that, didn't he? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thy kingdom come. Jesus preached thy kingdom come. Repent thy kingdom come. That was his message to us. The same message that John preached. Repent. Repent. For the kingdom's coming. Repent. For the one whose shoes or sandals I'm not worthy to untie is coming. I might baptize with water, but Jesus is coming, and he's going to baptize you with fire. Amen. And he did exactly that on the day of Pentecost when the tongues of fire came down upon the apostles and upon the believers that were gathered in Jerusalem. 
It's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. We need to be ready. Amen? We need to be ready because God's kingdom is coming. The temple is going to be reborn, rebirthed, reborn, rebuilt. <laughs> and God's going to come down and he's going to occupy that temple forever. Do you know that even the priest, you know, they leave the east gate. It's for God to return. The east gate of the temple. There's north, south, east, west gate. The east gate is, east gate is for God. I read this morning that the priest only used the north and the south gates when they did repair the temple in the Old Testament. But they left the east gate alone. Amos 9:11 through 15 says this. This is another prophet prophesying about God's people coming back. In that day I will restore David's fallen tent. I will repair its broken places, restore its ruins, and build it as it used to be. So that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the nations that bear my name, declares the Lord. Who will do these things? The days are coming, declares the Lord, when the reaper will overtake will be overtaken by the plowman and the planter by the one treading grapes. New wine. Who prophesied about new wine this morning? Who said something about new wine? I think it was your Julie. <clears throat> I was going to say your grandmother. Here's your grandmother. She prophesied about the new wine. I believe I'm prophesying right now that the new wine is going to fill this church. Amen. That we'll be filled with new wine. Whole church. By the plowman and the planter, by the one treading grapes, new wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all the hills. I will bring back my exiled people Israel. They will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them. They will plant vineyards and drink their wine. They will make gardens and eat their fruit. I will plant Israel in their own land, never again to be uprooted from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. Amos prophesied that, again, before Christ's birth. Amen? Isaiah. Now, I'm going to read all of Isaiah chapter 43. But now, this is what the Lord says, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give men to in exchange for you, and people in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by not my name whom I created for my glory, 
whom I formed and made. Lead out those who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. All the nations gathered together, and the peoples assemble. Which of them foretold this? You hear that prophecy? Which of them ever foretold this? God foretold all of this. And proclaimed to us the former things. Let them bring in their witnesses to prove their, they were right, so that others may hear and say, it is true. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant, whom I have chosen. Right there, God is saying, you are my witnesses. God is doing this in our lifetime. We are God's witnesses. We are witnessing this. We have witnessed this. And my servants whom I have chosen, so that you may know, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Think about that for all those out there that doubt prophecy. God has done this right before our very eyes. And he's doing this right before our very eyes. He's fulfilling Bible prophecy. And he wrote this. Think about this. He wrote this in Isaiah almost 3,000 years ago for us who might not have seen Jesus walk the face of the earth, but have his word that's alive, that might not have been able to touch the hem of his garment, that might not were able to sup with him in the flesh like the apostles, He's telling us right here. So that you may know and believe me. I'm going to do these great things in your day, even though it's 3,000 years later, so that you will remember that I said this and that this is going to take place so that you will not forget that I am he, the creator of the universe, the creator of the world. That you may know and believe. We don't have to doubt what the Bible says. We see it happen. We know it. It's written. And now we can believe in our hearts that it's true. Right? So that we may know and believe. And understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed. Nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord. And apart from me, there is no Savior. Think about that. <clears throat> I have revealed and saved and proclaimed. And I am not some foreign God among you. <clears throat> I look at this statement right here, what he just said. I have revealed and saved. So God has Revealed to us prophecy. He revealed to us his word. He saved us through his son, Jesus Christ. And he said, what other God, what other little God, little G, has ever done such a thing? Buddha, no. No. 
Dagon, no. Baal, no. I don't know, what are the other gods out there? Allah, no. No. They can't say that about Allah. They can't say that about Buddha. They can't say that about all the Indian gods. There's no proof that they ever said anything about prophecy that come to pass. That I know of. But God says, not some foreign God among you. I proclaim these things. Not some other foreign God. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from ancient days I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake, I will send to Babylon and bring down his fugitives, all the Babylonians in the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel, Creator, your King. This is what the Lord says, he who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses and army and reinforcements together, that they lay there never to rise again extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. And he's talking about Egypt, who was a superpower when he led the Israelites out of Egypt into the wilderness. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. And you not, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I form for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Yet you have not called upon me, O Jacob. You have not wearied yourselves for me, O Israel. You have not brought me sheep from burnt offerings, nor honored me with your sacrifices. I have not burdened you with grain offerings, nor wearied you with demands for incense. Worried you with your offenses. Sorry. You have not brought me sheep. You have not brought me sheep for burnt offerings and nor honored me with your sacrifices. We read that already. We're done. <clears throat> God's done all these things and is doing all these things. Amen? And he's doing it in our day. And most of us don't even... Are, are asleep or we're not paying attention to it. And these red heifers are huge. They might not seem huge. You might not even have heard of it that they're, that they're gone to Israel. But this is a huge step in Bible prophecy. God has been restoring Israel, rebuilding Israel. Ever since 1948, he's been calling his people back to Israel. And it's been happening right there in, in our eyes. We are witnesses of this. 
We are God's witnesses like I read to you earlier. And we have to have the temple. Jesus said to us in Matthew chapter 24, verses 15 through 16, he says, so when you see standing in the holy place, Jesus is talking about the third temple, the holy place. The abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judah flee to the mountains. Let them understand that we are in the end days. Do you know, I was uh, doing a little research on the third temple. <clears throat> and it took them seven years to build the second temple. They believe, even with all of our modern technology, that it's still going to take them seven years to rebuild the third temple. But do you know that they have been preparing to build this third temple for a long time. They actually have a model. You can go on the third temple site and you can actually see a live model, one to 50th scale of the third temple. What it's going to, they have all the plans. They have everything put together. They've actually been working on all the roadways to the third temple in Israel. To the, so that way, because they're, what they're saying is that building and they're pushing and they've been pushing there's been a new push since the spring of April 2022, but there was a huge push back in uh, when um, back in 20. There was a huge push because they actually thought Donald Trump was going to be the one to help push this along, and they actually say that Donald Trump and some of the rabbis, there's a theory out there saying that they have already put this in motion of the rebuilding of the Third Temple. And, but they're, but they're preparing. They've been preparing. They have all the utensils put together for the, uh, for the use in the temple. They have all the plans right down to the wiring, right down to everything that's going to be in the third temple. They're working on all the roadways as we even speak. Because they're saying that the rebuilding of the third temple is going to unify, is going to unify Millions of people, that there is only one God. It's going to uni they say it's going to unify the Muslims and the Jews. So, I mean, this is part of their whole thing about getting this done. Because the temple has to be built on the Temple Mount. And right now, there's a mosque that occupies it. <clears throat> but they've been working on this and planning on this. And there's been recent pushes on the rebuilding of the third temple. And now with the five red heifers there, I'm sure there's even a greater urgency, a greater push to get this temple built. <clears throat> Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 17, the Apostle Paul is being questioned. He's being questioned by the Thessalonians because he was talking about the coming of, the, of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus. And, he's, and they're asking him, well, when is this going to take place? When is all this going to take place? And it says, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. 
There's more than that, isn't there? Let's see, where am I at here? Let's go. Matthew. Thessalonians. I just gave Joe the one scripture, Jewel of Grace. Second Thessalonians, we're going to go to 1. 2.17. It says, Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecy, report, or letter supposed to have come from us, saying that the day of the Lord has already come. Well, I've heard, I've heard that already, that people believe that the day of the Lord, the second coming of Christ has already come, and that we're living in the millennial reign, right? Well, it doesn't feel like the millennial reign to me, all right? It says, do not let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed for destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself for, over everything that God is, that, that is called good or is worshipped or that is called God or is worshipped. So that he sets himself up in the God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. So we have to have the third temple built in order for the man of lawlessness, the abomination, to stand up and proclaim himself to be God. The third temple has to be built. So I want you to keep watch of Jerusalem. We need to be praying for the peace of Jerusalem and keeping watch. Because if they say it's going to take seven years before the temple is built, that means we got seven more years, right? Because what's going to happen is that you're going to get somebody up there, some animal rights group is going to go up there and say, you can't sacrifice these animals. You can't do that. And they're going to put a stop to the animal sacrifices for a period of time. Then you're going to see the man of a, uh, the lawless man get up there and proclaim he's God. That's when all hell breaks loose. <laughs> Literally. <clears throat> so we need to be praying. We need to be keeping watch. Right? Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things. And now you know that what is holding him back so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. And then the lawlessness, lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan's displayed, work of Satan displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders, and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refused to love the truth and be saved 
For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that they will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. Church, we need to be ready. These things are happening before our eyes. We are witnesses of them. We are God's witnesses of them. That these things are taking place. We need to be ready. We need to keep watch, like watchmen in a tower, like watchmen on guard duty. We need to be vigilant about our, our walk with the Lord. Me too. <laughs> I'm not exempt from any of this. Amen? So, Father, I pray in Jesus' mighty name that all we've heard today, Lord God, Lord, you would, Lord, let it be real in our hearts. This is real. This is real stuff. This is your word. This is happening right before our eyes. Lord God, I pray that anything that I said that's not of you would just Go to the waste that would be disposed of, that would be, Lord, just not remembered, Lord God. But anything that I said is of you, Lord God, and what I've read in your word, all of that's of you, Lord God, would, would just well up in us, strengthen us, encourage us, Lord God. Uh, get us motivated. Lord God, and on fire for you and your word. And I pray this, Lord God. And I pray for each person that hears this message, Lord God, that you would speak to them. That it wouldn't be Chris speaking to them, but you would be speaking to them. And I pray, Lord God, that you would just, uh, just be with us this week as we go out this week. That we would be like watchmen, Lord God, watching and looking for the signs. And, and, and believing and trusting in you. And praying to be filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with discernment. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, have a great week. We, I think we need to have a prophecy chart. Update. Prophecy update chart. Amen.